0: Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it good to be at Impact City this morning? It's awesome to be here. It's good to see you. It's good to be in God's presence. There is nothing like it. It doesn't matter what has occurred in your life, and it doesn't matter what you do Monday through Saturday, there is nothing like being together with like-minded believers and being together and just worshiping the name of Jesus. There's nobody like him. There is nobody like him. I'm going to invite you to take your seats. It is my privilege to welcome you today. Whether it's your first time here, whether you have been coming for years, I'm excited to see you. And we're excited to continue week two of our summer mixtape series. Don't you want to know what the song is today? I'll tell you in just a little bit. Mixtapes bring a lot of nostalgia, a whole lot of nostalgia for some of us, for most of us in this room. um, I I realize that we date ourselves by by smiling, by acknowledging, so I I understand you just wanted to. Uh, stay quiet there for a little bit. We, um, I had the privilege of of being at the Pursuit Church um, last Sunday, and on the way up, uh, we we began to listen to um, the message in its entirety, and uh, we just began to talk, to Desiree and I, about just our experiences and our Sony boomboxes boxes and, and all those things that we had. And she asked me, uh, did you ever call in to request a song? And it, it slipped my mind up until the moment that she asked me, but the younger ones in the room, you have no idea what the struggle was. You would have to wait for hours sometimes to hear your favorite song. You couldn't go to Apple Music or Spotify or whatever uh, there is now, and just be able to push play and listen to it at, at your convenience. You'd call in and you'd have to wait for the number to come out. You'd write it down because you didn't have a cell phone to put it into. You'd write it down, that's right. <laughs> and then you'd run to your landline and dial the number, and, and then just you, you were glued to the radio until. The song came out, and if you wanted to record it, you had one opportunity, and if your mom called you because supper was ready, you'd get in trouble. I don't know, I'm just talking about a friend here. Um, <laughs> and while this series takes us back, and we remember, uh, and we're able to have that nostalgic feeling of what a mixtape truly is, uh, the rest of you can look it up on Google. That's another thing we didn't have growing up. We remember... We recall. And can I tell you this morning that if there's one thing that we ought to remember, that we should always remember, is the faithfulness of God. The prophet Jeremiah said, This I recall to my mind. I recall. And he said, Therefore I have hope. Therefore I have hope. As I recall, I have hope. Through the the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Aren't you glad for that today? Because his compassion does not fail. But they are new every morning. And then he said, great is your faithfulness. So if there's something that I want us to recall today is the faithfulness of God. Psalms 89 says this, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever with my mouth. I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Who is like you, Lord, God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty and your faithfulness surrounds you. Psalm 105 says, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever his faithfulness continues through all generations. I'm excited about God's faithfulness in our lives. But what do we do? What do we do when life happens? Because let's just be transparent. There's sometimes that life is just so overwhelming. And it just hits you in the face and it, and it seems to bog you down and it seems to be way too much. David said this in psalms 27:13. it's the key text for today he's he said i had fainted i would have fainted unless i believed to see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living i would have fainted with so much going on in our world everywhere you look and everywhere you turn I would have fainted if I had not believed to see. And I love what he says. I didn't see it and then believed it. He said, I believed it first. I had my eye on that. I had my focus on that. I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I want to tell you today that regardless of what your circumstance looks like, of what your world looks like today, the goodness of the Lord... Is greater than what you are facing. I would have fainted. So, what do you do? I want you to ask, answer this question in the privacy of your own heart. What do you do when life gets overwhelming? When the hurt is too much, when the pain is unbearable, when the sickness seems to never leave your body, what do you do? I'm so glad you asked. Now, I know that all of you qualified for the Impact City Choir last Sunday. So if you'd like to sing along, you're welcome to. Some of us don't sing, regardless of what Pastor Israel said. Uh, I... I don't think. That's a story for another day. So DJ, would you be so kind to spin that track? Are you ready? All right, here we go. Please spin that track. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to keep believing. Sometimes you just got to keep believing. Sometimes you just got to keep believing. Sometimes you just gotta keep believing. You may be going through a storm right now, but don't stop believing. You may be going through a drought where there's just a bunch of dryness around you and in your life and in your marriage and in your soul and in your mind, but can I tell you, don't stop believing. Your family situation may not be what you want it to be. Your finances may be in ruin, but can I tell you, don't stop believing. Can I tell you that God is still faithful? Can I tell you that his love still reaches to us today. Can I tell you that you may not have hope right now, but don't stop believing. Can I tell you that God did not bring you to this point to to just leave you midway through. Can I tell you that he didn't bring you to this point to abandon you now, but he didn't bring you through everything that you have faced in your life, all the mess, all the struggle, but can I tell you that he is faithful to complete. And I have to keep my eyes on Jesus and I have to just sometimes uh, I have to tell myself I got to keep believing uh, that that one day, that one day God is going to do what I need him to do. And until he does it, until he says either yes, no, or maybe I'm still going to keep believing. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to know that the God that I serve, uh, he is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. That if he says it, he's going to do it. And if he speaks that he's going to perform it I have to know that through the struggle I have hope I have hope because of Jesus he is still El Shaddai he is still the God that is more than enough he's still the God that is more than enough but I am aware that problems come and you find hope dwindling and you find hope fading That life is not always picture perfect. And for that, I want to look at the life of one of my heroes today. I want to look at the life of a young man by the name of Joseph. When Joseph, the Bible tells us, was a teenager, you see it in Genesis 37, he had a dream. You may know the story, but I want to recap it in case you've never heard it. A dream that his brothers would one day bow to him. And his brothers fake his death, and they sell him to slavery. His brothers took the coat that his dad had given, had given him, a coat of many colors. They slaughtered an animal. They shed its blood on it. They took it to the father, Jacob, and they said, isn't this Joseph's coat? Never did they say Joseph is dead. Never did they say, Joseph, you'll never see him again, but they manipulated the details to be able to fit their storyline. And the father, Jacob, sees the coat and he jumps to a conclusion based off of the question that the brothers ask, isn't this Joseph's coat? He jumps to a conclusion based off of the evidence and the information that he was provided, and can I stop right here and ask the question, how many times have you and I caused undue heartache and undue stress and undue worry by jumping to a conclusion that was never set, set in stone, but yet based off of the evidence and the, the information that we were provided, we jumped to the conclusion and said, it is impossible. How many times have we said, there is absolutely no hope. There is no chance that this is going to get better, that, that my mind will be able to be at ease. How many times have, have we told ourselves, I will never experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? It sounds nice, but 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 you don't know what I'm going through because the, the truth of the matter is that I don't know what you're facing, but I do know. But I do know that sometimes we jump to our own conclusions and we worry about hypotheticals and we are always just thinking the worst. So the Bible, I want to put it this way, the Bible tells us clearly that our enemy, the adversary of our soul, the antagonist in the story, the Bible tells us that he is a liar. He is a liar. So if he is a liar, it means that he is not capable of telling the truth, which means every word of inadequacy that he is speaking to you today, every word of inadequacy that he is speaking over your life is not true. So if he is telling you, you have no worth, just the opposite is true. You are worth so much more than you could imagine you have value beyond measure if he is telling you that you will never come out of the situation you are facing guess what you're about to come out of it because he is a liar and everything that he says is a lie so i'm here to declare to you today that whatever he has spoken i'm here to speak to you today to tell you that whatever he has told you that you are fragmented that you are battered down that you are that there is no hope for you that you are shattered beyond repair can i tell you that that is a lie. In the church that I grew up, we said the devil is a liar. He is a liar. And whatever he has spoken over your mind and over your heart, over your marriage, over your life, it is false. I declare God's word over your life. God has not given us A spirit of fear. No, he has not. But he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That means I will not lose my mind. I will not end up depressed. I will not end up worried. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have to understand what God's word says about me. I have to look at myself through his word. And whatever is not in his word is not true. I have to know what he says about me. So let's fast forward in Joseph's story. He ends up in in prison, gets connected in Egypt to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him, falsely accuses him, gets thrown in prison for a crime he did not commit. And if anybody could have played the victim card, it was Joseph. But this isn't the story that Joseph tells himself. It isn't the story that he narrates to himself. No. He looks at the situation. He evaluates the situation. And what I understand through this story, it is that there is a component that is known as the internal monologue. It is what we speak to ourselves. It is what we tell ourselves. It's the way we explain our experiences to ourselves I'm going to explain I'll share with you his internal monologue in just a bit but let me just tell you this over on average over 60,000 thoughts fired through your mind each day 60,000 thoughts and out of those 60,000 thoughts 80% of them are negative according to this study done by the Cleveland Clinic so when I look at this the problem is our thinking The problem is how we are thinking. The problem is how we are thinking. The Bible says this, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your thoughts have a physiological and psychological effect on on yourself. Your thoughts have the ability to lower your blood pressure, to slow your pulse, or to boost your immunity. And your thoughts have the capability of doing just the opposite. The battle is won. The battle is lost in the mind. But can I put it this way, that the stories you tell yourself are far more important than the situations you find yourself in. The stories you tell yourself are far more important than the situations you find yourself in. So what does Joseph do in this situation The Bible tells us that he is positioned in a place where he interprets Pharaoh's dream. And the Bible tells us that Pharaoh puts a ring on his finger, makes him second in command. And 13 years have passed since that first dream. And then here comes, here here come his brothers. The, The Bible lets us know that there is a famine in the land. And in Genesis 43 and 28, the Bible lets us know that his brothers do bow down. Before him, I can only imagine what Joseph felt in that moment. I can only imagine the thoughts that ran through his mind. I can only imagine what he was experiencing, what he saw when he was just 17 years old, what he saw at that point in life, that dream that went off the rails, that dream that seemed like it would never be accomplished. That dream that took a wrong turn, that dream that seemed so far away, that dream is fulfilled in that Moment And the Bible, let's fast forward to Genesis 50 and 20. The Bible tells us that, that in Genesis 50 and 20, I, it's like a time-lapse video of what is taking place, of what has taken place in Joseph's life. And Joseph looks back on all the ups and the downs. And he looks at all the pain and the suffering, all the twists and turns. And, and this is what he says to his brothers. He said, you intended to harm me, but God. But God, but God, but God, can I tell you, I'm glad he inserted himself in the story. And can I tell you today that he is the same God that inserts himself into your story. You may be facing a difficult situation like never before, but can I tell you that we serve a God that can intervene and can make a change and that can that can, that can catastrophically turn it upside down can i tell you that he inserted himself and joseph understands this and he says god intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives and through this we understand that joseph did something that we constantly need to do in our own lives we never we never need to lose sight of who we are he never lost sight of who he was I love the way Charles Horton Cooley put it. He said, I am not what I think I am. And I am not what you think I am. But I am what I think you think I am. Let me me explain that. Because our sense of self comes from different sources. You may have been told, you're not good at that. And it has created a stigma. It has created the inability for you to ever want to pursue that because of something you were told. Because words matter. Words matter. Can I share a funny story with you, real quick? I was, so, we were in church one time, and I remember sitting next to one of my friends who will remain nameless because he may see this someday. Um, and he said that his aunt was sitting next to him, and his aunt was singing at the top of her lungs. And somebody turned around and said, wow, y'all sing beautiful as a family. And he goes, she took it to heart. And she started singing louder and louder and louder. And, and what, that, what does that say? That says that what was spoken to her, she interpreted it. So what has been spoken to you? What has been spoken to you? Maybe you heard you were really good at something and that has allowed you to take on an identity or maybe you told you were told that you were not good at something and that has allowed you to take on an identity regardless of where it is can I tell you that we I want to caution you against that because what we do when we let other people speak to us it allows them to narrate our story. And can I tell you that I don't narrate your story and you don't narrate my story? My story is narrated by God's word. My story, your story is narrated by God's word. I can't let people tell me who I am. I have to understand who God says I am. You can't let other people dictate and tell you what you can do and what you can't do you are who God created you to be so I what I want to tell you is when we look at the book of James the Bible tells us that the book of James uh, he, it says that it's the Word of God is likened to a mirror a mirror where we're able to look at ourselves and see who we are this is so critical for us uh, to be able to understand because when I connect this to the the story that is taking place in, in Genesis so when when his brothers come to him after Joseph plays a few mind games with his brothers and and, and tries to uh, just have it. he's just having some fun with them. Pretty much. But he did not want to level the score. The Bible tells us that he comes out and he says, I am Joseph. I am Joseph. To his brothers. He finally reveals his identity. And we read right past this. Why do we read past this? Because we know that he's Joseph. But what we fail to realize sometimes is that when Pharaoh put him in charge of Egypt or put him as second in command, not only did he place a ring on his finger, but he also changed his name. And he named him Zephaneth paneah an Egyptian name. And it would have been so easy for Joseph to have taken on that identity of power and of influence. And for him to forget who he was. But we understand that he says, I am Joseph. Why is this important? Because if we allow it, society will want to name you and, and tame you and label you. And society and culture will try to tell you and I who we are. But I have to go to God. God's word and understand who I am in his word. I am chosen. Amen. You are chosen. We have to understand what God's word says about us. We are blessed. We are blameless. We are adopted by the heavenly father. We are redeemed by Christ and we are sealed by his spirit. We are stamped with the image of God. So can I tell you, Impact City Church, let's not let God define us. We are not what the world says we are. We are who he says we are. We are a chosen generation. We need to know who we are and another important element to note is that we have to fix our focus. A popular saying that you may know states this, that your focus determines your reality. What are you looking at? What are your eyes set on? Philippians chapter 4 tells us that if anything is right, And if anything is good, or pure, or just, or admirable, that we are to think about these things. Why? Because what we put our mind on will determine our reality. It will determine what we live out. The thought becomes an action. The action becomes a habit. The habit turns into your identity and your your character. We have to focus on what the Bible tells us to do. Is it right? Is it good? Is it just? Is it pure? If you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. But if you're looking for something good, you'll always find that too. If you're looking for something to be grateful for, you will find it. Joseph could have easily played the victim card. He could have done all that. He, I, I've told you he could have played God and he could have evened the score with his brothers. But he doesn't do any of that. No, the Bible tells us we understand through his actions, we understand that he fixed his focus. Dr. Martin Seligman said that all of us have what's called an explanatory style. And I'm drawing to a close. Explanatory style is the manner in which you habitually, continually, constantly explain to yourself why events happen. It's those explanations and not necessarily the experiences themselves that define us. What is Joseph's explanatory style? You see it in Genesis 50 and 20. He says, you intended to harm me. In life, there are people that intend to harm us. In life, there are people that are out to get us. In life, there are people that will come against us, no doubt. You intended to harm me. But look what Joseph says. He says, but that's not where I'm going to focus my energy. No, I'm going to focus my energy on the truth of the matter. God intended it for good God intended it for good I wouldn't be where I'm at today had it not been for what I went through and can I tell you that you wouldn't have the praise that you have today had you not gone through what you went through but the God that we serve can take the pain the God that we serve can take the hurt the God we serve can take the rejection are you hearing me this morning The God we serve can take the people walking out on us and saying, I don't want anything to do with you. The God I serve can take the tears and make something good. David said it was good for me to be afflicted because if I had not been afflicted, I would not have known the power of God. If it was not for what I went through, I wouldn't serve God the way I serve Him today. If I hadn't gone through that hurt, I wouldn't praise Him the way I praise Him today. But I know that I know that he is a company keeper and he is a bridge over troubled water I know that he is my friend when I'm friendless I know that he can hold me together when the world seems to be caving in and when everything seems to be coming against me I know a God who will make a way and he'll open up a sea if he needs to so I can walk through it on dry land the God that I serve Oh, is there anybody in here with me today that has survived some things in your life? And you say, you know what, if it had not been for them leaving me, if it had not been for that rejection, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. But I'm grateful for God stepping in when he stepped in because he did for me what I thought was, when I thought every door was closed and when I thought it was over, God said, I'm going to show up and I'm going to show off. And I'm here to tell you today, you may feel like the world is closed in on you, but God, but God can do something great through what you're facing right now. Yes, your life may look like a mess. Yes, your internal situation, your the inside may not be everything you want it to be, but can I tell you that God can still take the experience and he can combine it and, and put it together and, and say, you know what? was a it was a rough patch but you made it it was a dark season but you're still alive and I just got to keep on trusting and believing that God loves me too much to leave me fragmented it was through those times in the loneliness. In the confusion. It was in the frustration. God. Can I tell you the same as for, for us today. That in the confusion. God. In the questions God. In the unknown. God. Joseph believed that his dream would happen. How do I know that? He kept living right. He kept moving forward. He kept his character. He kept trusting. He kept believing. When they stripped him of his coat, you know, right after he shared his dream, I can imagine that he looked at the situation for what it was, and my, my own brothers are throwing me in a pit, they hate me, but I, I, there has to be something inside of him that said, this is not how my story ends. This is not what my dream looked like when he was in the pit. I can imagine that he told himself, this is not what my my dream looked like. This is not how the story ends. Uh, When when they sold him into slavery and he thought he would never see his family again, I can imagine that he just told himself, this is not how my story ends. I I, I got to know. I got to know that God didn't just show me that for just the sake of, of doing so. I have to know when he was in jail, I can imagine that he kept seeing it when discouragement came. I can imagine that he kept seeing it for 13 solid years. He faced adversity for 13 solid years. It seemed like it would never happen. It seemed like everything was just going wrong time and time again. But I I have to understand, I have to know because he, he made it. He kept believing God. And that's real good to remember because the Bible tells us this, that even youth grow tired. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who keep believing in the Lord, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will will walk and not be faint. Can I tell you that Paul reminds us that let us not get tired of doing good because in due season you will reap if you faint not. But can I tell you, there's some times where we feel like fainting. There's some times where it's easier to give up. Where There's some times where it's easier to walk away. There's some times where it's just easier to just say, you know what, it's not even worth it. But can I tell you that you just got to wait. Just keep on believing. Just keep on believing. If you don't, faint. And when we look at Joseph's story, when we look at Joseph's story, I, I know He looks at his brothers, I know you tried to kill me, you tried to destroy me, but God, thank you for hating me, and thank you for despising me, and thank you for rejecting me, because if you would have never thrown me in the pit, I, I would have never been in Egypt. And if I would have never ended up in Egypt, I would have never met Potiphar. And if I would never would have met Potiphar, I would never would have met Potiphar's wife. And if I would have never met Potiphar's wife, I would have never been thrown in jail. And if I would have never been thrown in jail, I wouldn't have met the baker and the butler. And if I wouldn't have met the baker and the butler, I wouldn't have met Pharaoh. And if I wouldn't have met Pharaoh, I wouldn't be second in command today. But we know all things. But we know all things. Work together for good for them that love God and are called according to His purpose. I can see it in your life. It's going to come together. It's going to come together. I just got to keep on dreaming. I just got to keep on believing. I got to know. I got to know. I gotta know where you stand with me. I'm done. Joseph, he had the dream in chapter 37. But for years, but for years, 13 to be exact, it was a roller coaster. 13 years seemed like it would never happen it wasn't fulfilled until chapter 42 why is this important? because I'm talking to somebody today proverbially you may be in chapter 38 you may be in chapter 39 and it feels like it's just never going to get there It just feels like everything is just slipping through your hands. And it just feels like you can't can't make any progress. It just feels like I'm just stuck. It feels like I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm just stuck. Can I tell you, hold on just a little bit longer. Can I tell you, you may be in chapter 39, you may be in chapter 40, you may be in chapter 41, but can I tell you chapter 42 is coming? Can I tell you that chapter 42 is coming? Can I tell you that... You just got to keep believing. Can I tell you, you just got to keep believing and know that God is at work. It doesn't always look the way we want it to look. But can I tell you that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Can I tell you that he's always at work. He's always at work. Chapter 42 is coming. So this is what I want to do today. If there is something in your life, there's something in your heart, there's something that you have been needing God to work on, needing God to do. Something that seems like it's just continually going off the rails and and continually never looking up it's always looking down there is something that you are needing god to do and you are believing in him could be internally it could be externally it could be something that people know about it could be something that nobody knows about but if that is you today and you say you know what i'm going to keep on press i'm going to keep on believing i'm going to keep moving forward i'm going to keep dreaming and know that my god will never let me down he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I'm going to invite you to come to this altar. i want to invite you to come to this altar. If that is you today, you need God to step in. You need God to move. Come on. situation doesn't, may not look like your neighbors. Maybe it's peace and tranquility over your spirit. You haven't been able to sleep at night. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's over your career. Maybe it's just there's an internal struggle. It could look different. But it is the same God. It is the same God. It is the same God. The same God that can operate on your spirit is the same God that can operate on your marriage. The same God that can operate on your marriage is the same God that can operate on your kids that are acting out. It is the same God right now that can heal your mind, that can mend your broken heart. It is the same God. It is the same God. It is the same God. God right now, right now, right now, God, right now, Jesus, we come to you. We take an active step forward. We take an active step forward to say, God, we keep, we choose to keep believing. We choose to keep believing. Life is seems hard right now it's been dark it's been gloomy but god right now i choose to believe that the sun will come out again i choose to believe god that the sun will shine again that there are some things in my life god that you are working on right now that you are repairing that you are restoring that you god are right now doing a work right now God it may be right now in the life of my family it may be right now in my own mind and in my heart and in my spirit there's some things that I need to get right God but whatever it is God I ask you right now God that you work like only you can work that you step in God God we choose through the roller coaster of life we choose to believe you We choose to believe your word. We choose to believe it over us, over every circumstance, over every situation right now. So God, we surrender it to you. We surrender it to you, God. God, right now, we just place it in your hands and we trust you to do what only you can do.